And welcome to Disney Minus, where for some godforsaken reason, we agreed to watch every Disney movie ever made. I'm Kat, and guys, what, what do you think a good number of podcasts is to have? I think six. I'm Nero, and really, when you think about it, this movie is about realizing that your childhood best friend grew up to be a cop. <laughs> I saw that. I'm Steven, and I spent a whole winter in the sack with my dogs. You would if you could, let's be honest. Aurora, I'm sorry, I stole your joke from Twitter. It was just too good to not to not to steal it. It's Ow. not wrong either, is the thing. No. Because, yeah, one, one thing that I, when I... So, I always heard about this movie that it was like a poorly mangled racism metaphor. And I don't think that's true at all, actually. Yeah, not really. Like, I, like you can... There's enough in there that you can kind of argue it, because it doesn't do the whole, oh, you guys are two different kind of things, but like... I mean, it's, it's literally right there in the song, When You're the Best of Friends, it literally says, uh, if only the world wouldn't get in the way. Exactly. What it's actually about is how our environments and our sort of, like, systemic structures create prejudice and warp people, because kids ain't racist. They aren't born racist. Right, yeah, there we go. Yeah, no, they were. The they only were thing kids are is brutally honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, there is that. But yeah, no, because these two were fine until like Amos took Todd out in the woods and taught him to be racist. Yep. Yeah, we watched the Fox and the Hound, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, BT figured it out. <laughs> no, we watched uh, Herbie Three. There's a lot going on in Herbie Three. <laughs> it took a weird. No turn. one knows. <laughs> it takes a really weird turn. <laughs> yeah, Fox and the Hound. 1981. So this this is before Eisner, the Eisner era, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was the at the time the studio head was where was the one arguing that he got killed? Uh, Ron Miller was the studio head. Wait, arguing what now? <laughs> oh, I was the segment where it said who the studio head was on the trivia page is the same one where the one guy was arguing Chief got punched in the face by a freight train. Oh, oh, so he should have died. So yeah, so Which I do agree Ron with. Miller was the studio head at this time. Um, yeah, so Fox and Don Bluth enough that made him actually quit and take about half the animating team with him. Oh yeah, yeah. Fox and was... the Hound is kind of a watershed moment in Disney history, which is interesting because it's not a it's not a particularly you know it's a fine movie I guess, but it's not particularly interesting. Um, well, but Burton, Brad Bird, this... and but this is kind of like the 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 era change from classic Disney to modern Disney almost. Yeah. Um, uh, it's like this in the Black Cauldron. Yeah. Uh, according to Wikipedia, this was the last involvement of any of Disney's nine old men. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I just said a second ago, Tim Burton, Brad Bird, and John Lasseter were on this thing. So yeah, for such a not much going on movie, there's a lot happening behind the scenes, I guess. Right, well, a lot of a few of the veteran animators either retired or died early in production. Mm-hmm. A bunch of the animation drawings were stolen, so they were having to like rotoscope scenes from like pencil tests because the actual animated uh, scenes were stolen. Geez, uh, the new animators that were coming wild. in were clashing with the original director's style. That... And then the co-director was one of the ones that didn't want Chief to die, which is why he, well, we'll see what happens to him later. Like, not even that I don't like Chief, but literally just based on the scene, he 100% should have died. Even if you just do that, like, 
that thing where like everyone's just sad generally and like we just don't see chief anymore like yeah, so there's no real reason for him to survive story-wise yeah. he's just there he, he served his part in being the old racist grandpa to little copper now he's done <laughs> <laughs> it, it, so it kind of bothers me about certain like character death fake outs in like one piece where it's like there's no reason for this character to have survived at all because they don't do anything ever again why are you buying the merch and so them, they show up in a cover story or whatever. And it's like, why are you, why are you still here? Like you were, it was a, such a great moment. And then it's like, well, it doesn't really have any weight now because I know that guy's fine. Yes, I have a question. Why? Exactly. So yeah, the, so this cast is somewhat interesting. Obviously, the two biggest names are uh, Mickey Rooney and Kurt Russell. Hey, Corey, as the two Bert, leads. Corey, was it Burton or Feldman? One of the Corys. Corey Feldman. Feldman, yes. Corey Feldman, he's not big name, but he's at least a recognizable name. He's a no, yeah, he's a recognizable name, but uh, yeah, but so so they they are Fox and Hound respectively. Mickey Rooney is Todd, Kurt Russell is Copper. This is like this is like not too long before Kurt Russell uh, <laughs> yeah, before his like era of of working with John Carpenter in. Escape from New York and the thing and all that stuff, which is interesting. Also, one other, this is like, it's not like a big casting. I just thought it was kind of interesting, though. But uh, Widow Tweed and the Badger, their voice actors were married. Oh, interesting. And other than that, I think it's most, what is it like? Are there any other like notable guys here? I, I assumed that a lot of these other names were, were character actors of the time. Uh, um, let me yeah. see, Pearl Bailey, I know her from something. I feel like oh, yeah, name. Pearl Bailey, she was the Mama Owl. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't look any of these up. I probably should have looked, looked the voice actors up. Amos Slade was like Alan Johnston or something like generic like that. Yeah, she was a big actress, Pearl Bailey was. Uh, of the time or like from an older generation? I mean, she passed away in 1990, so... Uh... Her debut yeah, was a St. Louis woman in the 46. She won a special Tony Award uh, for the title oh, yeah, so she the was all-black production of Hello, Dolly! in 68. Uh, she... Okay, so she's like, a, she's like a stage actress. Right, she was a big ta- uh, big stage actress. Okay. Oh, oh my Dude, God, Amos Slade. In, in 1976, she became the first African-American to win the Screen Actors Guild Life Achievement Award. Oh, nice. And she got the Presidential Medal of Freedom on, hey, on my birthday in 1988. I'm one year old. Good for you. Good for you, Pearl. Jack Albertson, the voice of Amos Slade, which, by the way, is a very cool name for a very lame guy. Um, He was Grandpa Joe in the 70s Willy Wonka movie. What? Yeah. Uh, He was also in the Poseidon Adventure. Fuck, that is him. Holy shit. Yeah, he's... Grandpa Joe's racist. I always knew this. (laughs) Well, now we have proof. This was his final theatrical role, by the way. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I don't know if he died after this. We probably just retired after this. What's the dude's name? Jack, Jack Albertson. Albertson. Hang on. Uh, oh, yeah, he died in November of 81. Oh, yeah, so he did die right after this. <laughs> no, so he, he, all, the ultimate retirement. Um, <laughs> so the, the young versions of, of Todd and Copper are voiced by Keith... Coogan and Corey Feldman, respectively. Yes. Names, one of which I know. For sad reasons. Um, but Keith Coogan has been around. Uh, it, he's 
What the fuck is it? What are these movies? He's been around, but I haven't heard of any of this shit. <laughs> oh, oh, it's oh, wow. Yeah, like we got the power within what? a mid nineties oh, karate kid ripoff. Oh, that God. sounds like it should also be the name of he a was. Song. He was in the Adventures in Babysitting movie in 87. He was in Tits, apparently. Oh, he was in Soul Keeper. Never seen uh, any of these. Which is not the one I... Oh, it's Soul Takers, the MST3K movie I was thinking of. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have had a particularly bombastic uh, career. Nah, wait, Toy Soldiers, hold up. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of Small Soldiers, never mind. <laughs> And he was in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot as Good. himself. Oh, well, there we go, then. He finally made it. Is that a sign that you've made it, or is it a sign that you've fallen really far? That's a sign that something happened. Then, of course, we have Dick Bacalan as Dinky and Paul Winchell as Boomer, who were both, like, old-school comedians. They were going to... Uh, uh, his... One of their original choices for Boomer was Wallace Shawn. Of Paul Winchell... Course. Very different vibe on that. Uh, if they went with that. Paul Winchell, I am seeing here in his Wikipedia thumbnail, is has a ventriloquist dummy. Oh. So, Oh, that tells you how he's doing. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is... Well, oh, listen, everyone had... A, there were ventriloquists all over the goddamn place back in the 50s. You couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting a fucking wooden dummy with <laughs> dead, dead, scary yeah, eyes. Unless you're, Je unless you're Jeff Dunham. Kind of can't get away with that much anymore. Or that yeah. one and I would like to hit. I would like to hit now. Jeff Dunham and his terrible puppets repeatedly with a heavy object. Like Jeff oh Dunham. fuck! He voiced Gargamel. Oh hell yeah! Am I pissing you off? That rules. What? Am I pissing you off, Fafa? How is just Jeff Dunham still around? It feels like he I should not well. be relevant anymore. It feels like he should be making negative money. <laughs> but he's still out there. I know, I'll see an advertisement for him every now and then, and it's like, you're still here? <laughs> I watch, like, one you, of your You should be back in 2005. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Uh, some other ones, you know, just like, old, you know, the usual old Broadway or, or stage uh, singers. Jack Angel, however, is, is the Caterpillar. Um, uncredited, of course. Yes. Jack Angel is a big-time 80s... Uh, voice actor. Oh wait, he, he was yeah he was a he voices like fifty characters in Transformers because oh, that's just the kind of show G One was. So he's kind of he like also kind of like that era of Alan Tudyk. Sort of, uh, and he he was all over like all of the kind of cartoons of that day like uh, fucking Transformers, GI Joe, Super Friends, all that stuff. He was Ramjet and Astro Train in the movie. Yep. Those sure are names. Wait, which one's Astro Train? I, I feel like I remember that name. Hold on. And so, yeah, that's our cast. Thanks for uh, taking just, me to know, the entire It's, it's a pretty small cast characters. of characters, all things considered. It's a pretty small cast in the movie, so. Yeah. Astro Train, Transformer. Like, you've got like, the I appreciate group, it. and then you've got I the forest group, and that's about it. Yeah, and the forest group only shows up in the third act. Right. Oh, of course. He's the one that's a train and also a... Uh, Rocket. Yeah, Astro Trance in I, the name. I don't know what I expected. Oh, that's right. Weren't they like? Weren't the Decepticons like riding in him when Starscream like had his mutiny and they just tossed a bunch of guys into space? 
Yeah, but, and he was complaining because there were too many guys in him, and that was they had it. to lighten the load. So <laughs> they threw all the dead like guys out. Well, his additional voice but, is in a ton of Disney shit. Yes, he is. Like he is one of those guys where like he'll voice. He'll he'll show up as like crowd member eight and squeaks the caterpillar in 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 many things. Holy oh, shit! He's screaming man in Dragon Ball Z: Wrath of the Dragon. Never even heard of that one. Same. Steven. Apparently, it was in ninety five. David. Huh? In a callback to your greatest shame, I just saw uh, the Vixie's voice actress Sandy Duncan. Uh oh. Was in Million Dollar Duck. I knew I knew that name. I knew I knew that fucking name. No! Fuck you with the wife! No. <laughs> as long as Todd never asks her to make applesauce, it'll you go fine. There we go. So let's go ahead and shit, get into the actual movie. I love Rockadoodle. Sorry. Ha! Oh, Rockadoodle. He was Peepers. If only that was on Disney so we could talk about it. That I movie know. is a trip and a half. That movie is a trip and a half. I don't think I've ever actually trip. seen Rockadoodle. That's a trip on VHS. So, Maybe. Fox and the Hound. As much as, uh, the, yeah, this won't take... We, we we spent a lot of time talking about voice actors and Transformers because this movie is pretty short and yeah. pretty light right. on, on content. <laughs> a little um, more substance than Bambi, but not a lot. I think this is much more of a movie than Bambi is. Yes. Bambi is like... Yeah. This has an actual plot, at least. Bambi is almost more of a tone piece. Like it has a plot, but there's so much time just spent hanging out in the forest. Bambi, yeah. Bambi is background Bambi music. Bambi was really, yeah, yeah. Bambi was really more of the studio being like, "Look, look at what we can yeah. do. Look how pretty we can make the forest." Um, so I, I really like the credits to this because it's very, yeah. it's all, it's all silent and very atmospheric, and you just hear the the dogs getting closer. <laughs> Until you finally, uh, the the Todd's mom appears on screen, it running from right the hunter that, in the house. It wastes no time in killing the parent here. No, <laughs> yeah, we're we're, we're speed running that. Continuing the Disney tradition of killing off the mom. And you you kind of see this this fox leave her pup hidden in, in some grass near a fence, and run off, and then pup. you hear then you hear a gunshot. Yep, he gets mambied. <laughs> She gets bambied. And such um, ends the mom death speed run any percent. It's quite it's pretty fast right? for for a Disney mom death. Pretty much the it's only like, way you can make it faster is if you heard the gunshot like during the opening credits. <laughs> yeah. God, could you imagine? Gun yeah, just now now imagine doing that though, like you have the credits, all of a sudden there's a gunshot, but the credits and the peaceful music just keep going. And then after oh, the credits you find out that the mom's dead. <laughs> It's like not that, not too terribly far off from what actually they right? actually do. Like that the credits are barely over pretty, when she gets shot. Yeah, it's pretty damn close. Uh, so this owl, Big Mama, named Big Mama, Big Mama takes pity on the poor little kit and flies down to to try and help him. But she knows that like she's not equipped to raise a fox. She's an owl. Well, because in real life she probably would have eaten the kit. <laughs> oh shit! Yes. Oh fuck! That's right. Owl, yeah, owls like to eat uh, a lot of things. Sorry. Um, so she she enlists the help of her two idiot friends, uh, Dinky and Boomer. Dinky is like a sparrow, and Boomer is a woodpecker. She calls out to her local gay couple. Yes. They spend most of this movie trying to eat a worm. Yeah, you know. A caterpillar. 
on like, a quest. It's entertaining, don't get me wrong. I'm not, like, mad that it's there, but it yeah. adds basically nothing to the rest of the movie. I mean, I've the thing I appreciate about them as opposed to some other comic relief characters that we have uh, talked about over the course of this podcast is that they never interfere with the tone like they're never yeah, present for anything true. serious or dramatic or or anything like that it's all their side scenes side are side always side. yeah their scenes are always isolated and and like they're little sidebars we're not yeah that's fine oh. with me i have no problems with dinky or boomer yeah you could honestly cut their scenes out and make it into their own short which would be kind of interesting right kind of like the little uh like the little shorts that you would see before like the early pixar movies yeah, there we go. So they uh, they kind of fool this old lady who lives on this farmstead into coming out and finding the the fox. <laughs> Fucking destroys uh, Boomer. And she she takes him in and and fe- feeds him a bottle and and she says, "Oh, you're such a toddler. I'll name you Todd with one D." Hey, it's Meanwhile, a damn adorable fox cub. It's very cute. It is, yeah, it is incredibly cute. Is the thing. Let's Meanwhile, see. at a nearby homestead, how nearby I never really can tell. Yeah, when um, it zooms out, it looks like near, their neighbors' distance. It at least seems like. Yeah, it's like yeah. down the street. Uh, we see some dude with a big bushy mustache uh, yeah. come up to his hunting dog Chief and deposit a wrinkly little basset hound puppy yeah. right in front of him. And to be fair, anybody that's seen basset hound puppies know that's accurate. They are all wrinkles and ears. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he and he says, "All right, Chief, this is your new uh, this is a new hunting dog. I want you to train him, and you're gonna spend a lot of time with him." And of course, Chief's like, "What the fuck is this?" What? Yeah, once again, I like how quiet. Like, I always like it when in the intro to a Disney movie is very quiet. It doesn't have a lot of dialogue, especially from the animal characters. Yeah, yeah. And I will say, have, from watching um, Copper and Chief throughout the movie, they. They got the relationship of a puppy and an older dog down a hundred percent based on yeah. Artie speaking from experience with Otto and Artie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she, yeah, Chief isn't particularly excited about this uh, development, but you know he's not he's throwing the dog away or whatever. Yeah, like they well, could have made Chief like another antagonist. I mean, he ultimately is if you're Todd, but like he they could have made Chief like. Another antagonist for Copper, which I'm really glad that they didn't do. Yeah. Meanwhile, Todd is causing some fucking problems in the barn. Fox in the hen house. I don't think you're. I don't think you're supposed to milk a cow directly into anything's mouth. I would tend to recommend against that. Do it to cats. Also, fun fact: this is one of the scenes that Tim Burton animated was the milking the cow. Huh. That and when Widow, uh, what happens later when Widow Tweed gets Amos's gun and blasts it, those are like two of the scenes that he worked on. Cool. Wonder, I wonder if he specifically requested those. Well, I mean, he didn't have to make anything cute, so. <laughs> ah, there you go. That's, That's what got a... to him is the fact that he was having to do cute shit. He's basically said, I don't do cute shit. He was like, I can't do this. What the fuck or... is cute? <laughs> well, Tim Burton cute and Disney cute are two, I feel, very different Hold. things. Hold. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he causes some havoc. So Tweed sends him off to play outside instead of staying in the barn. Um, Can't possibly go wrong. No. So Copper 
gets a whiff of a, of a strange new scent, and Chief, Chief tells him to ignore it and to stay put, or else Slade will get mad. But Copper ignores him. He's like, I'm supposed to be a hunting dog. I should go investigate the scent. She says, oh, whatever. He says, no, I'm baby. Uh, and uh, the fox and the hound run into each other for the first time. Weird. Funny how that happens. That's, that's very cute. It is. It is quite cute. And, and then bad things happen later on. And they become best friends, and there's a little montage. There, there are a few songs in this movie. Not many. What, about three? Yeah, you know. Uh, Four, yeah. if you count that little song Slade sings. I pre- well, their big ones are Appreciate the Lady, Fox and the Hound, <laughs> and Goodbye may-, may Seem Forever. So, yeah, three songs. Yeah. Which is like. And only one of them is directly sung by a character. Oh, you oh, mean when the album actually sung Goodbye May Seem Forever gets recited? Yeah. Let's count the little chorus bit at the end. Yeah, like uh, the only one actually sung musical style by a character is uh, Appreciate the Lady. The other two are <laughs> non diegetic. Um, but yeah, there's a, this is this is the fox and the hound, a little montage. They're playing, they're having fun, they're bonding, and they're like, ah, we'll be friends forever, won't we? Won't we, Copper? Narrator voice, they were not. And there's there's two instances. So first, you know, Slade calls Copper back and is kind of stern with him. The second time is when Slade and Chief go looking for Copper and like bring him back and put him on a lead in the barrel. Yeah. Because Chief's doghouse is just a barrel, I guess. Yeah, it's fucking tied to. Because sure, why the hell not? It's, it's interesting. Slade sings a, a song later about oh, he's a hunting man. He doesn't need a job. Doesn't need money. He just likes to hunt. And like, I assume that he, because he doesn't seem to have a f- a farm, no, or anything. Like Tweed has a barn and stuff, but Slade just just seems to hunt, and I guess I guess he must sell the furs or something. Yeah, he sells the furs and and Probably uses also the meat. Sell, also, might sell the meat, whatever he doesn't set aside for himself. Yeah, yeah, like I, I assume that's how he he operates. Um, but yeah, so Todd comes to visit Copper at the barrel because <laughs> he's he's like, where where were you? I missed you. Um, Copper's like, I got a thing, I got a barrel. And Copper's warning him, like, hey, don't don't mess with Chief. You know, he's asleep. He's, he's a real hunting dog. He could mess you up. Copper says, fuck you, I do what I want. Todd doesn't listen, and Chief is dreaming of, of chasing something. Oh, yeah. And then he sniffs Todd and, and gets to chase a, a thing in real, in, in the waking world. <laughs> if you chase something in the dream, you chase something in real life. And so this results in uh, Slade, who assumes that Todd is here to... Uh, he does say he has chickens. He says, oh, yeah, he he says to Tweed that your fox was get, trying to get into my chicken coop. I, I, so I, I guess he presumably has, like, some livestock. Yeah. But we never see them. Um, and so he, he and Chief, like, chase Todd down the road... Uh, Tweed hears the gunshots and drives her car out there. Judging by the cars in this movie, we're like 1920s, 1930s, probably. Early, early 20s, maybe. Entirely about to fall apart. Yeah. Um, and this is when, I like this. So, Tweed 
grabs Amos's gun, or actually she demands he give her his gun, shoots his car. Oh, yeah, because first Bl- she had, like, a bunch of big barrels of milk that, I guess she must have been taken to sell or something. That's my assumption. Yeah. That he, like, yeah. shoots. Yeah, he shoots and then blows those up. She's like, give me your gun. She blows up his radiator. And then she (laughs) points the gun at his fucking chest. And he's like, oh, Jesus Christ, that's fucking loaded. Whoa, hold up. Hold up, hold up. So she she shoots the rest of the ammo into the sky. Go, Widow Tweet. Much shorter shorter movie she just shoots him here. Like, who's going to know? You're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Feed him to the pigs. Let us assume somebody was hunting. Yeah. It's a hunting, a hunting accident, I go. say, as I, I have shot. I, I execute someone mafia style and turn around and say, oh, it was a hunting accident. <laughs> yeah, it happens. But, the but his arms, his but his hands, his hands were tied. It was hunting a accident. hunting accident. But the bullet holes are all in his back. What can I say? He's a really he bad was, shot. He was severely beaten beforehand. <laughs> he he ran into a tree several times. He fell down a cliff. He was really clumsy. There were a lot of doorknobs in the forest. But then you dropped him <laughs> in a river. He's clumsy. Hunting accident. I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, I so you Slade, Slade tells her, if I ever see your fucking chill fox around my property again, I will shoot him, and, this, and next time I won't miss. So Tweet, Tweet has to keep Todd inside for a long time, and neither of them is particularly happy about it. But, good news... Slade is going on an extended hunting trip. Yeah, like to uh, the entire winter. It looks like. I presume he has some kind of hunting cabin up there, right? Like that's what it looks like. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he's loading up the car. He's got Chief. He's got Copper, and I like Copper trying to sit in front. But Chief goes, "No, no, you gotta, you gotta sit. You gotta earn the right to sit in the front." <laughs> this, for some reason, to Boy, me, very much has to the. Bite you. <laughs> yeah. Right. This, for some reason, to me, very much has the same vibe as that King of the Hill episode where they go hunting, and Bobby says he's coming back a man, and Connie's like, you're lucky I'm going up a girl and coming back a man. I don't know why, but it just reminds me of that exact scene. God. So, but, uh, yeah, so so Tweed is happy that Slay's gonna be gone for, like, two months. Uh, so, but Todd runs out to kind of say goodbye to Copper, who's, who's riding off, um... Yeah, he's like, oh, I can't wait to see him next spring. And we kind of get two uh, parallel sequences here, right? Yeah. Where we see Copper training to be a hunting dog. He's chasing a rabbit. He's <clears throat> he's he's learning the ropes. Meanwhile, Todd is is still on. Like, we're gonna be friends forever. He's I can't wait for him to come back. And Big Mama is like, oh, honey. It's like, <laughs> you know what he's going up there to to do, right, Todd? Like, you, you know what he's being trained for, yes? And he's Todd's like, yeah, but you don't want to attack me. Yeah, he's like, well, I, my, I never thought Panthers would eat my face as woman who voted for Panthers eating people's faces party. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like, well, he, I'm different. He likes me, so he would never hunt me. And... Tweed or uh, Big Mama like opens Slade's fur shed. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, this is what they do to uh, animals like you, Todd. They love to skin you and 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 put you up on display. Todd's like, whoa, that's fucked up. 
And even after that, he's like, but yeah, no. but he wouldn't do that to me. <laughs> Todd, I love you. You're very sweet, but boy, you're dumb. And so they grow big, and it's, it's time for the springtime is here, and we see Copper in the front seat. Because he's did way better than Chief this trip. Yeah, Chief is pouting. <laughs> Todd has a collar now. Oh, yeah. He's very big, very poofy. Because he's a big boy. He's, voice, he's voiced by Mickey Rooney now. <laughs> Copper. Uh, Chief is very annoyed that Copper still has the energy of a puppy despite being much larger. <laughs> so, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, which, yeah, to be fair, he is still, I assume, less than a year old. I can't imagine it's yeah. been that long. I mean, the thing that makes this movie work is that animals do grow quite quickly. Yeah. They're they're usually almost fully grown after like a year. Um so yeah, I mean then then we see we see Todd go and, and meet Copper and it's kinda uh it's kinda awkward because Todd's excited to see his friend, but Copper's like, Hey man Um I'm like a you know, like a hunt I'm a hunting dog now, right? I gotta be racist now. I mean hunting dog now. <laughs> like yeah, I joined uh, the like, force, yeah, man. Fine, but... I can't really be seen hanging out with people like you anymore. Um, and like, there, yeah, I like I like that there's just sort of there's already a lot of tension. Um, it was like, hey, you gotta you gotta leave, Todd. You can't. I can't let Chief see you, or else I'm I'm gonna he's gonna chase you. Yeah, and to his credit, like, I will also have... have to chase you. Yeah, and because like to his credit, they do still have like. Copper himself try to play with Todd when he first shows up, so it's like yeah. they don't have him do like the complete turn on him yet. No, which just makes it sadder. Yeah. So, but then of course Chief wakes up, sees the fox, so, and uh, all hell breaks loose. They chase Todd through the woods. Copper, Chief, and Slade all all chase him through the woods, and they eventually end up. Near a railroad bridge, uh, Todd kind of hides underneath a a like a, like a like a flipped over mine cart. It looks like. Um, and Copper finds him. He's like, "Listen, man, I don't want to see you get killed. I'll let you off, but like, you can't come around here anymore. You can't come around here, guy who lives next door to me." And. Uh, so he he kind of misdirects Slade, but Chief sees Todd trying to slink away and chases him up onto the rail bridge. Whereas we've been talking about, uh, a train nearly hits him. He jumps before supposedly, but it certainly looks like he got hit and knocked off. Like he got hit by a train. At least that's what I thought happened. Um, I think he was and also, hit by the train because as one of the. I don't know if it was a director or an animator flat out said he took a freight train to the kisser. <laughs> yeah. Chief should have died here. What? Even if he didn't get hit by the train, he falls down a uh, ravine and hits like seven rocks. Yeah. Even, like even the train aside. Exactly. Like one, it would character wise. I feel like it would have, I guess, been more of a motivation for or to drive Copper and Todd apart than just, oh, you broke my gracious grandpa's life. Yeah. That's the thing, right? Where the the leg thing. First of all, that that fall would not just break someone's leg. That Hell is no. a that is a nasty fall. He does not. He does not. The, his leg does not hit the rock. 
His back hits the rock. I don't know why they decided it's his leg. I guess it's like the only thing you can have, like, break without just saying that he died. Look, this style of story has dog deaths all the time. Look at fucking where the red fern grows or whatever. Yeah, like, don't remind me. I love that book. You're working. You're working in the. You're working in the genre of sad animal movies. Just Someone kill the dog. Well, you a, don't like. There's a blood price to be paid. Regardless of that, Copper swears revenge on Todd, who kind of curls up and slides <laughs> underneath the train. Um, they uh, once again Tweed has heard the the gunshots and has dr- driven out to to find Todd and picks him up. But this time Slade goes to her house with a gun and yeah. demands to shoot her pet fox. And this must be a universe where only these two people live because I would a hundred percent be calling the cops on his ass. Like they must live so far out that they don't really have that option, right? I guess. But also, I would not be doing what she does at the end of the movie if this happened to me. I guess that just means she's much nicer than I am. Um, like, he... I, I'll, I'll say it when we get to it, too, but, like, he cannot have told her the full story of what happened to his leg. No way. No. Absolutely not. Um, hey, he's just like, yeah, I don't care. As soon as I see that fox, I'm gonna fucking kill it because he nearly killed my, my dog. Um... And so she kind of realizes that as long as Todd is at her house, he's going to be in danger now because she lives next door to a psychotic freak who's obsessed with shooting animals. Um, This is where, for like a minute, I was prepared to be very mad at Tweet because I didn't catch that she's specifically taking him to like a wildlife preserve. I thought she was just dropping him off in the forest and it's like, yeah, no, so did I. Here. I was like, this doesn't seem like a good idea. This is a domesticated fox. Yeah, well, that too. Like, that too also still makes it a bad idea. But, like, I thought she was dropping him in the woods where Amos already hunts. So it's like... Yeah, they do, they do make clear what she's doing. But at first, I'm like, well, this seems... Like, you're just... You just don't want to look at what happens, actually. Yeah. And this is where we get the second song. It's quite nice. Quite sad. Yeah. And you kind of see Todd happy to be riding in the car, and then he eventually realizes what's actually yeah. happening, Fuck. and he gets real sad, and Tweed's real sad. Yeah, this is framed like every like asshole abandoning a dog on the side of the road shot you've ever seen, by the way. She takes his collar off and, and tells him to, to be free. But he doesn't want to be she... free. He's like, but no, I have a house. And then it immediately starts raining. Because of course it does, and then he also also he immediately sees a bunch of babies with their mothers, yeah. <laughs> like instantly. Nature just he, everywhere like, he looks, it's another it's another happy little family. <laughs> and so like yeah, he's, in particular. He's, he's running around. He's trying to find a place to not get soaked. Uh, and he kind of curls up sadly underneath the tree. Yeah, he's run off. Yeah, yes, he tries. He tries to breaking entering a badger's burrow, who gets very mad at him. Which I know, like, as a kid, you're supposed to sympathize with Todd, but also as an adult, you're like, okay, if I'm sitting here on my couch and somebody busts up in my place, yeah, no, badger's 100 in the right. Gonna be like, get the fuck out. (laughs) 
Yeah, I like the animated. I like the character animation on this badger. He only shows up twice, but like he's really fun. good to look at. And as previously mentioned, that's Widow Tweet's husband. I mean, the voice actor, not the. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, her actual but... husband died and got reincarnated as a badger. Yeah. I mean, we have the B movie, so. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And. Yeah, the, the, thankfully Todd is, his struggle is noticed by a friendly porcupine, and uh, he gets led into a little, a little hovel in a, hole, in a in a tree and and waits out the storm. Slade sees Tweed driving back and instantly surmises that he t- she took the fox to the game preserve. Which he's right, but what the fuck? Oh yeah, side note: the porcupine is voiced by um, Piglet, which fucked me yep. up a little bit. Uh, so they they're making plans to break in and hunt down the fox wow, this is Ill- a, illegally. A guy who just looks like a guy, huh? You can't you can't you can't hunt on a game preserve. Um, I went to the, and um, side note. I wonder if the, yeah. Oh, uh, side note. I went to the Wikipedia page for um, John Fielder, the guy who voices the porcupine and also voices Piglet. The profile. I guess picture that they have for him is from when he was in all, also in Twelve Angry Men. This is just a guy who yes. looks like a guy. Yeah, he's very much a guy. Like everyone, everyone just looked like a guy back in the fifties. That's true. Yep, that's a guy. Yep, um, a dude that looks like a dude. So this this is one of the scenes that makes it weird that Chief is still alive. Yeah, uh, they go they go back in, and Chief is like, "Ah, visitors have come to dote on me," and both copper. And Slade just ignore him. Slade says, get back in there or I'll break your other leg. Yeah, what the fuck? It like always Copper... makes Slade and Copper look like huge assholes for like, no reason. Like, Copper messed with like them a little are, bit but... at the beginning of the scene, I think. Yeah. Well, that's like the but only this... real acknowledgement that he gets for the whole rest of the movie. And this is like, this is when, when Slade brings out the fox trap. And has the very visceral image of, of putting the stick in there and having it snapped. Yeah, like, holy ooh. shit. Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so Big Mama flies out to the game preserve to, to check up on Todd. Uh, and instead of finding Todd, finds a sexy lady fox named yeah. Vixie. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, Todd doesn't find her. He's fucking led to her. By no, big mama, by big mama. Big Mama finds her first. Yeah, uh, and and immediately, because imme- at first she's asking, "Hey, do you know where? T- do you know where? Have you seen a new fox around here by the name of Todd?" And and Vixie's like, "No." Uh, and like? what's he like? And then immediately, Big Mama's like, "Ooh, I can get, I can get Todd the hookup here." And he's like, "Oh, he's very uh, handsome he's like, and wow, clever." He's like- <laughs> Vixie hears one thing about Todd and decides, wow, he sounds nice. His meat is huge. Um, and so they kind of, he kind of sets up a meat cute with them, right? She has like, she, she, she like poses Vixie yeah. in the background. And then she goes to uh, get Todd who has uh, rolled over in his sleep and <laughs> poked the porcupine. Yeah. It pissed off the badger again. So he's not, he's not having a great morning. And then yeah, and, like, fucking meets Vixie yeah. just posing dramatically in the morning. Yeah, sunlight, in the morning light. Big Mama flies down and says, like, "Hey, how are you doing, Todd?" Like, this sucks. I wish I was back home. Nothing will ever be as beautiful as my lovely little farmstead. And then uh, Big Mama kind of like 
moves out of the way. So Todd looks at Vixie and he goes, hello, never mind. <laughs> Fuck all that. Like immediately gets, what was the word from Bambi? Twitter painted? Yeah, Twitter painted. He gets a boner. That's what that word means. We get a little thing where Todd is trying to impress Vixie, but clearly yeah. she knows more about living in the forest than he does. And he gets like... <laughs> Huffy that they keep laughing at him. Yeah. But giving us reason to laugh at you. Yeah. Stop acting like a dipshit. Maybe we won't laugh. Um, And this is where we get our third song because Big Mom was like, no, be nice. You got to appreciate the lady. And this is the only song sung diegetically, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. This is is where Big Mama decides to seduce Mixie for Todd. Yeah. And also, what is it? Dinky and Boomer? I yeah, Dinky and Bo- Dinky and Boomer are also there, and they're like just calling them farm boy the whole time. They also they also come and watch these foxes fuck. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's going up with Boomer, man. He's he's weird. Yeah. <laughs> he like we we haven't mentioned it, of course, because it's barely relevant. But you know the the caterpillar plot. I like that at one point the caterpillar hides under the the like glass part of a of a power line, and yeah. and Boomer shatters it and electrocutes all of them. Way you go, Boomer. Just assume that, like, Boomer. every five to ten minutes of the movie, we come back to Dinky and Boomer chasing the caterpillar. It's basically our scene transition. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> scene change. Cue the caterpillar. Yeah. And so, yeah, by the end of this song, uh, Vixie is sizing Todd up to see how many how many babies he can pump out of that boy. God. She's like, hmm, seven, maybe six. He's like, six what? He's like, oh, you'll see. And they find a burrow. Big Mama leaves because she's like, ah, he's 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 in a good place now. Um, <laughs> oh, he's, he's he'll be in a good place. Give him a minute. <laughs> I have a question. Do we think so? They they wake up the next morning and they're like, ah, oh, that was a great night. Did they fuck? Yeah, we gotta be right. Definitely. Well, wait, no, they're not Christian married yet, so they can't. Well, you know, this is the eighties, and <laughs> you know, we don't really know how foxes get married, so like, you know. Could is, be their whole marriage is this, ceremony. Is, a, is this together. Disney's first out of wedlock sexual relationship? Hmm. No, never mind. There was that dude in Herbie uh, Rides Again who was getting pegged. So. Oh, fuck. That's right. <laughs> um, first animated one. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Slade and the dog and Copper arrive and... Slade's like, well, technically what we're doing isn't hunting, so it's fine. And then he cuts the fence. Yeah, technically what you're doing isn't hunting. It's poaching, which is worse. Do you think they're gonna, like, bring Todd out of the preserve first and then shoot him? So it's technically not hunting on the preserve grounds. I honestly don't think Amos gives a fuck. He doesn't. If someone caught him poaching, he'd just be like, yeah, I did. What? Or he would would just be like... uh, he would be like, oh, I was chasing this fox already. I didn't even notice he had gone into the preserve. Yeah. Sir, you cut the fence. <laughs> it was already like that when I got there. Exactly. I <laughs> Sir, there's a, there's a dead forest ranger face down in the in the river. <laughs> Honey, it's, 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 it was like that when I got here. Um, so they begin tracking Todd and like laying out the fox traps along the river. Uh, this is when they're Vixie and Todd come out. Like, oh, that was a great night. <laughs> wow, Vixie, we had so much sex last night. <laughs> uh, 
and they they kind of go down, and Vixie gets bad vibes from this little like. I mean, pathway. She's like, yeah. yeah, she's like, I don't know if we should go down here, Todd. He's like, it's at first, he's like, he's pro- it's probably fine, and then he starts walking down. He's like, oh, wait a minute, uh oh. Turns out she was right. Yeah, and, you know, and Amos and, and Copper just waiting. He manages to dodge all the fox traps. He's very friends. agile. But, you know, in Todd's defense, as far as the being dumb here, he was already the dumb one of the two, and then we have clearly established that Vixie fucked his brains out last night, so he's in no position. Yeah, he's a, he's a little cum drunk right now. Yeah, he's a little cum drunk right now, and so he's not exactly in the proper mindset to uh, <laughs> anticipate murder. So he, he, he the chase begins. Uh, Copper and Amos chase both of them back towards the burrow. Copper yeah. is like at, at one end. Amos is at the other. And then Amos lights a fire at the other end to try and smoke yeah, them out. Yeah, holy shit. Uh, both of them kind of go towards the front. And Amos is like, all right, obviously they aren't, they aren't going to go out the back because that would be insane. So I'm going <laughs> to wait for them to call here and I'm going to shoot him. But they go out the back anyway. Fuck they you. like they say fuck it, we ball and uh, <laughs> run through the flames. <laughs> and even Amos like, holy shit, what the hell? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I ain't ever seen a fox do that before. They kind of they kind of run across a waterfall. There's like a log across a, a little ravine. That won't there. Be later at all. No. Yeah, and the wa- the waterfall, of course, kind of fucks with the sense, right? Like, there's a lot of water going around and kind of washing stuff away. And so Copper pursues them up there, and he's kind of he's kind of sniffing around, and he's not he 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 smells something. Yeah. And Amos is like, "What is it, boy?" Uh, the answer is it's a huge pissed off bear. Yeah, and I like this because because Amos shoots it. And it doesn't do anything because that's what happens when you shoot a bear. Bears bears get pissed. Are nature's <laughs> tanks? Yeah, a little bit. They don't. All that happens if you shoot one is that it gets really mad and then kills oh, you, you faster. You confirmed? No, you confirmed to the bear that yes, this is the asshole. Yeah, yeah like you. Oh, you're a threat. Okay, time to uh, use all of my weaponry to eviscerate you. Because that's the thing. That's the thing that I will mostly say about bears is like. Bears are like sharks. If you don't do anything anything to them, they're just kind of like if you're looking at them at a distance, they're just kind of big and doofy and doing yeah. whatever they want. But then well, if you some go bears... and piss them off, they will fuck you up. I mean, some bears can be territorial, but as long as you don't like, if you know where the bears are, you, that shouldn't be an issue. Um, <laughs> shoot the bear. <laughs> yeah, as long as you don't also shoot the bear and make it really mad. Generally, bears that are territorial also have cubs. Yeah. Look, there's a reason Mama Bear is a turn of phrase. It's because bears are extremely, extremely protective of their young. And if you get anywhere near the bear cub, you are being turned into uh, fucking deli cut salami. <laughs> so, so all this to say, Amos had it coming. Bear fight goes poorly. Um, the bear knocks Amos down a cliff. He loses his gun and he gets his. <laughs> Foot caught one of his own fucking fox traps. Fuck it. Get wrecked, old man. man. Uh, Copper jumps in to try and save him from yeah. the bear, but this also goes poorly. <laughs> Weird. This also does not end well. Once again, hunting dogs fighting against a larger, scarier woods animal is also a thing that keeps happening. Huh. 
in these kinds of stories. It also usually doesn't hit as well as it does in this one. But yeah. that's because uh, while any yeah, there's no there's not a whole lot of there's no real blood in this. Uh, there's a few like pink scratches that yeah. happen, but like for the most part, Everyone this is a pretty bloodless battle. It's pretty brutal though. Uh, we're we, we're chewing on skin. We're we're yanking on stuff. <laughs> Copper gets fucking claw swiped a few times. Yeah, yeah. I love how like beforehand though, Vixie's like, no, just fucking leave them. I don't know these guys. Yes, she yes, yeah, she because 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 uh, Todd hears Copper's cries of distress and he's like, oh my god. I gotta go help him. And Vixie's like, what? What are you doing? Yeah, you, you, uh, I don't know. These these guys are just trying to kill us. Are you gonna go back to save him? He's like, it's complicated. I gotta go. <laughs> Vixie, I love you. I love you very much. The thing is, I, I'm also in love with this dog. So he jumps in to fight the bear, um, and kind of pulls it away from them, from them, and and onto this this log overlooking the uh, over this ravine. Yep. And the bear smashes through it, and both him and and Todd tumble into the river. And then it should have just cut to credits. Just right like here. I, I do, I do like how long it lingers on this, on this long, on this like uh, zoomed out shot of the of the waterfall. Yeah, like it just stays there for a, quite a while, and then Todd like drags himself out of the water. He he ain't doing too hot. Um, and Copper finds him, and he's like, Todd, Todd, you sa- you saved me. Yeah. I also like how little dialogue is in this scene. This is great. Yes. Uh, because what happens is Amos shows up, points the gun at Todd, and then Copper, like, steps forward. And, like, if this were a different and slightly worse movie, they'd have had, like, Copper growl at, um, at yeah. or something like that. But no, we don't, we don't need that. Right. And then we, like, he's, he kind of steps forward, and then he's like, get out of the way, Copper. Then he fully, like, steps in front of Todd. Yeah. And just, like, kind of... He put. He doesn't growl at him. He just puts on the. He just puts on the sad face. He just. He just turns on the charm, right? Like. <laughs> no, don't, Dad. And Amos eventually relents and's like, "All right, it's been a long fucking day." Fine. All right, let's go home. <laughs> and I especially <laughs> like. I especially like the Todd and Copper. Their goodbye is silent. Yes. Yeah, we don't. We like, don't pause everything to give them like a ten-minute monologue saying how they'll always be brothers and stuff they just no look at each other for they, a minute. they 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 have a they have a moment of mutual respect and then they they part ways and we uh we see somewhere in the future that uh tweed and is patching up amos like we said he definitely didn't tell her what how happened? exactly his foot got injured I, I, or what he was doing. Not, because I can't think that she'd be packing him up and bantering like this if he told her. No. Oh, yeah, I I, well, you see, I went onto the I went onto the game preserve to kill your fox, <laughs> even after you explicitly. Did, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I just even if he didn't tell me, I would not necessarily patch up the guy who tried to force his way into my home with a shotgun to kill my pet. Yeah. Also, that, but then again. Like, that wasn't very like long only, ago. They're not like the only people around, so like presumably, you know, it'd be <laughs> nice to just have a neighbor for stuff. <laughs> she patched him up so she wouldn't be lonely. Yeah. Um and Chief has the line he's like, oh, he's making a lot of hay out of a hurt foot. Who would do that? <laughs> yeah, ah. you, who would do that? 
and we kind of the last moment is, is Copper fondly remembering, you know, we'll, we'll always be best friends, Copper. That's the yeah. callback that we needed, not the big monologue, but just that. Yeah, yeah. just that, and then and then the final shot is uh, Todd <laughs> and Vixie silently watching from the woods. Yeah, just it's like a good low key ending. It is. Yeah. It didn't need anything need, big and dramatic. Especially in Disney movies, you don't get a whole lot. And you don't need them to reconcile necessarily. You don't need them to like we'll be we're best friends again. It's like no, it's, it's more complicated than that. Yeah, pretty good movie. It's it's like upper middle on my list. What did I what did I, what did I put it under? Because I had a pretty good time with it. Yeah, it's right under The Incredibles. Okay, okay. and right above Herbie Rides Again. <laughs> Because I think that movie is just a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Herbie versus shitty land developing capitalists is always a good time. Yeah, we'll never not be a good movie. So yeah, as, as Fox and the Hound. Yeah, the Hound and the Fox. I feel like for a certain generation of people, this is another one of those movies that like sticks in their mind as, as being a very sad film. Like specifically the the sequence where they. Uh, where Tweed has to leave Todd. Hand up, bald like a baby. <laughs> yeah. It was it was getting to me. It didn't quite get the only movie that we have watched for this that really got me uh was Treasure Planet. That's yeah. fair. Very fair. This is Ugh. one movie though where like from being a kid to being an adult, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if I'm in a great mood when I watch the movie, when it gets to that one scene, I will at least well up. I may not flat out ball, but I'll at least tear yeah. up. Yep. So we've got some questions. We, well, I don't know got, why so many of those are on fucking behind spoiler tags. I guess yeah, we we've got, got, it. got some cursed things to consider. God. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just unspoiler them. Yeah, they, they should be behind bars. Um, Let's hit it. Your right, lore starts with So are we just going to ignore the fact that Disney had an old lady and a cow come try to baby fox? It's not. It's, it's milk. It's milk. <laughs> Really? But also, yes, it's milk. It's not a cum shot. That's weird. It's weird enough on its own, frankly. But uh, get your mind out of the gutter. Beer. Has how has this man not been arrested for reckless use of a deadly weapon? The man has no gun discipline whatsoever. Like we it's said, the they're country. out in the middle of fucking nowhere. They don't give a shit. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, they're it's the so country and it's the twenties. How how far are they from the nearest town? They're probably like a fucking two hour drive. Yep. The cops just don't. The cops don't want to like have to make the drive out to arrest him. <laughs> that's more than that's more than the gas is worth. More trouble than the gas is worth. There we go. I don't know why, but Vixie's voice actor sounds really modern compared to all the other voices. Do y'all get that vibe or two, or is it just me? Yeah, a little. I. Well, I mean, it's the '80s, so it's not necessarily like super. I mean, I think the reason is that like she was just a newer actor, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, whereas like most of the else. other cast, as we discussed, was like old school Broadway actors. Yeah. Same with Mickey Rooney and Kurt Russell. There, they're much newer sounding than most of the others. God, I like. I don't think I can picture Mickey Rooney as anything other than very old. Right. I have a hard time remembering. He's what grinds, he grinds my gears. <sighs> um. Do what, Kat? Do you want us to answer this question you had about scary stories for young foxes? Oh yeah, sure. Have you got what the hell is that? What? No, I haven't. What is that? So I forgot about it, that. 
So it's a book that my nephew found for me. I took him out one time for just like an aunt nephew day and I took him to the bookstore and I was like, okay, if you pick out like two books, I'll get them for you. So he found this book. It's, it got the Newbery medal apparently, but he got it because he, he just saw foxes on the cover and he knows I like foxes. So he's like, here, aunt cat, this is for you. So I look at it and it's, it's kind of interesting. So I'm like, okay, sure. I'll get it. You know, little spooky stories. Y'all, when I tell you this book, it's fucked up. It's a thing where it it's as... being framed as basically these young foxes sneak out to visit a storyteller in the woods and she starts telling stories that at first seem like they're disconnected, but then you realize that it all forms like one big story. Ooh. It's really well done and I would recommend the book, but also the first story involves nearly an entire litter of fox kits being killed because their teacher has rabies. Fuck, man! Oh, that is, that's, that's some pretty dark stuff there. Like, she kills like a bunch of them, and then one of them at the end is literally killed by his own infected sibling. Oh, oh, fuck! Oh no! That's some, it's that's some dark up. shit. But also would recommend. Okay. Does it have Does it have all the fucked up pictures, like scary stories to tell in the dark? Uh, not not that fucked up. Not. I mean, it's got illustrations, but they're not quite that yeah, fucked up. I'll put pictures in the uh, in the Mouseketeer chat here in a second. After watching, uh, back to Viralore, after watching the original, what are your opinions on the changes made in WV's live-action remake, Batman vs. Superman? <laughs> it can't be a remake, because in that movie, Batman and Superman were never fucking friends, and That's also never true. were, uh, never will be. We never in, had in Todd or shout some random bullshit about Martha. Why did you say that name? <laughs> um... Do you think this movie takes place before or after Disney's Robin Hood? Ah. Okay. There are two answers. Either after, in which case humans domesticated the animal people and like devolved them into their current form, That's or weird. before, and Robin Hood is actually post-apocalyptic, like a Planet of the Apes situation. That's also weird, but fun. So I will say that. Pick pick one of those. The other uh, third answer is that they aren't connected at all, but that's not fun. Um, Hi, Cranberry. Can I help you? you tell would... us some things that the fox says in tune to the song. What does the fox say? No. I, I will not be doing that. completely missed that song back when it actually happened. And as a result, I have since then refused to look it up. That's good. You should hold on to that. Exactly. Even says yes. The cat goes no. Nero goes fuck. <laughs> if this movie came out today, what kind of backlash do you think you would get, if any? I mean, that the, the thing is, if you make any movie, it's yeah. These days, yeah. There's gonna be some weird culture war shit surrounding it. They're gonna. Yeah, they would say the bear was too scary for small kids. Would be I guarantee that. someone would complain about the bear. I would say it's anti-dog, anti-hunter uh, yeah. agenda, too many guns, not enough guns. That's true. Uh, they, they would totally say, they would totally call, or someone would probably have a gripe about the dog being called Copper. Yes. Yeah, they, there'd be gripes about literally, literally the scene of the Widow Tweet taking his gun and using it for a second. They'd be calling that like too woke or something. Yeah, you, w- w- women can't have guns. They would call the cow milking well, scene too explicit. Ugh. Yeah, listen, yeah, well, there, there's not wrong. there's a there's a billion weird weirdos who always want to like right. brigade around a film with culture war stuff. I mean, this doesn't have 
three seconds of a lesbian kiss, so it would not be called satanic. There's that but there is something that someone would complain well, no, about. They would, I'm sure. they would probably still call it satanic because talking animals. That Shit. oh, that's true. Um, more virulent questions. Do you ship it? Okay, there are the titular fox and hound. Yeah, do we mean Todd and a- or Todd and Hopper because yes, or do we mean Tweed and Amos because no? No, definitely not that one. No. Fuck no, absolutely not. Todd and Copper, though. Okay. Describe how the movie would be like if Starscream from Transformers (laughs) and Yamcha from Dragon Ball were in it and could speak to the animals. Why? Look, it's not like there's that many questions for this one. Y'all have time to write up a quick, weird fanfic. (laughs) Okay, so are we... Yamcha watch Transformers or Dragon Ball. Yamcha would try to get dating advice from the fox. Yeah, yes he would. Starscream would just kill everyone. Because he doesn't... He's he's an evil robot from space. He doesn't... He doesn't have much interest in talking to Earth animals. Yeah. There is that one time he gets attacked by a giant boa constrictor, though, which is pretty funny. <laughs> Wait, you still need to buy what, what? You still need to buy more time? Fuck, man! I don't know. Make it a battle choner and have them kiss at the end. Sure. During that scene where they were snarling at each other, I was over here chanting "kiss, kiss, kiss." You would, yeah, Stephen. And then Billy the was like, "Dude, the kids are out here." Battle. Right. Still not enough. Redub the movie, but with all the characters doing <laughs> Macho Man impressions. Oh that would God. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of questions to be had for this one. And mostly it's just Virilor trying to buy us some time with questions such as, so we have the Hound from Game of Thrones, but who is this fox? I don't I don't know. I don't think he has any, like, no. childhood friends he fell out with. He kind of always hated his brother. <laughs> not, never, no, there's not a kind of. He flat out hated yeah, him. Yeah, there there was never really a period where they were, where they were like, there was tight. No and then, there. yeah, he's, there al- he's always been kind of... Yeah, like he's had several companions over the. I mean, the I guess series are, to an extent, but kind like because they fought off the, and on, but yeah, but the power dynamic is different, right? Like it's just a different situation. That's like a, you know, it's like, it's not the fox and the hound is a specific setup of like people who were once childhood friends who drift apart and become at odds with each other, which right. is not a thing that the hound has. Right, the hound never really um, had friends. No, he is. He doesn't have friends. Um, <laughs> also, Vir, you're absolutely correct. Yes, they are devolving into cursed nonsense, and Cat will hate you after all these questions. What do you mean um, into they're very right. Started out as what is nonsense. the sequel, by the way? Because Aurora mentions. Yeah, yeah, okay, came so out in 2006. Now, is it like a midquel or is it it's like an mid-quel. actual sequel? It's, it has okay. to be. Do you? Do y'all? I haven't watched it. I have Let's seen the Wikipedia. whisperings of it in, when I'm like watching videos just broadly talking about like, hey, Disney did some weird shit with all their sequels. What oh the my god, fuck? it's got Rita McIntyre and Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Here I'm okay, gonna read so I'm gonna read the during... the synopsis. There we go. Yeah. Taking place between Dur- okay, hang on. The, someone who Obviously, Wikipedia does not care much about editing this page. Uh, it's the Fox Nine too. Taking place between during the youth of Todd and Copper and after Copper becomes a hunting dog and Todd is moved to the forest. That is a sentence that makes no sense. Yeah, that the film, 
The film follows cop. Wow. Wikipedia, you need to pay more attention to these. The film follows Copper is tempted to join a band of singing stray dogs. Excuse what? Yeah. Called the singing strays. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because their lead uh, singer, who is Reba McIntyre, quit. Yeah. So like, it's it's like they're from the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. It's just like they made a basically like kind of like Lady in the Tramp too, because they find out, oh, you're not a stray after all. Oh my god. So it's a it's a midquel about copper becoming jeff foxworthy holy shit jim coming <laughs> well that's not that's unusual he just pops up but yeah um, that's true he just is sometimes oh shit rob paulson yeah, yeah once yeah. again once, kat susie rob paulson jeff bennett we have rusi taylor these are all great around great delisle is in here holy shit oh yeah She's that's also not too. unusual trace adkins jesus uh yeah that movie looks bad oh (laughs) that movie doesn't look good why did it come out in 2006 they don't do new shit anymore they do they do live action remakes and unasked for sequels yeah it's insane though like it's that is that is so long after it's like 25 years that that had to be like a copyright extension thing or something (laughs) That they Holy had to, yeah, shit. I'm with you, and they had to have been waiting for something to expire. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, we got girl or more questions. You're in the Disney boardroom. You have to pitch a Fox and the Hound TV series, and if no. you don't get greenlit, the people who force you here will do unspeakable things to your loved ones. Sorry, loved ones. These people also gave you a note saying that the series must also have elements, story beats, and themes. <laughs> Found in the Romance of the Three Kingdoms, SWAT Cats, and My Little Pony. What are your pitches? Okay. okay. Somebody's getting blasted with a rainbow. Yeah, somebody's getting blasted with a rainbow. Somebody. What is SWAT Cats? SWAT Cats is like a show from the. What's a SWAT cat or what are SWAT Cats? I said, what is SWAT Cats? Oh, oh. It's like an 80s, it's like a mid 80s. Oh, shit. Hanna Barbera show. Oh, shit, not, these character designs look familiar. I may mean, not watch the only thing I recognize out of those three. So, it, all right. So, is is this a series where where Todd and Copper are recast as generals in the in the in the Romance of the Three Kingdoms era of China? Yeah, probably. Where there are like magic uh, powers that will allow people to shoot rainbows and whatnot. And they have a helicopter. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> like, fuck. Is this a character from Fox Cats that uh, Cat looking lady wearing a trench coat? I'm falling down a rabbit hole. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, but yeah, I think I think even without SWAT Cats and My my Little Pony, I think casting them as like former best friends who end up on different sides of a war fuck, that just is works. a good that idea. Is already and a as a bonus... Making that a romance of the Three Kingdoms era thing is way, way, way less fraught than doing a Civil War era thing. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I got for you, Dizzy. Also, it's going to be extremely violent. Um, so I hope you're ready for that. So wait, if if it's going to be violent, I got to ask this: between Todd and Copper, which one would be more likely to drop the single fuck? Uh, ooh. Cop, Copper. I yeah, mean. Copper. Well, that's true. Todd pretty much proves that he doesn't even know what fuck is, so. <laughs> Look, there's a lot of... The next question has a lot of fucking Digimon shit that I don't know or care about. 
Um, I have a single answer though. I have a, I have a single answer for that question. Is it a question or is it like a screed about Digimon? All I have to say is, fuck you, Veer. <laughs> All right. Well, let's read the let's read the post first. Veer says, "I'm sorry, Cat. You picked this for the feels, but we live in a post Digimon world. That's a hell." Of I'm a always saying this. Digimon I'm always saying this. We're living in a post Digimon world. <laughs> neither of boys, neither of these boys takes off their outer skin to keep the other warm. I remember that. From <laughs> Feel the other's heart beats as their Digimon fuse together. I remember that from Digimon <laughs> Adventure Two. Uh, loudly declare that if the boy calls to them, they'll scream louder and kick its ass. That's the only one I don't quite remember off the top of my head. Also, Adventure 2. Tell the other that they look beautiful in the moonlight from Tamers. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> if I remember right, I think someone said that to Ranamon or um, her human. Uh, desperately punch at an Eldritch Horror's force field to save a girl as an attempt to gain redemption for their past mistakes. And when you do break through and reach out to the girl... Only for said girl to fearfully move away from them because she only sees them as the monster that killed her friend. Also from Tamers, I'm pretty sure I cried the first time that happened. Anyway, what's going on, so, what's going on in Digimon? Some shit. Some shit's going sounds on. Like in some cool, sounds like some cool shit's going on in Digimon. <laughs> Impmon got a little girl's big buff lion friend killed, and then when he no, it wasn't his Impmon. He had already digivolved into Di- uh, Diablomon. Whatever. Fuck, I forgot his actual name now. Not the point. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Thank you it, for talking about. Yeah, you're right. None of that does happen in that movie. <laughs> in this movie, like I can't, I can't dispute that. But then his, his whole arc throughout throughout the whole rest of Tamers is like trying to make Jerry or the little girl smile again because he like was caught up in the moment and killed her buff lion friend and then immediately felt bad for it for the whole rest of his existence. And if I remember right, the scene where he punches through in Eldritch Horror's force field and, like, she recoils from him. I'm pretty sure he dies right after that, if I remember correctly. So, like... Yeah. Well, Digimon thank you. This is now a Digimon podcast, which means I have to leave um, no, as, a, as a Pokemon loyalist. Um, <laughs> hey, true. don't leave uh, me here. Um, Drew Laurel, so as it was a nice movie. What are your current opinions about the second movie? It does... I don't know why it exists. That's my opinion. It's yep. confusion and general bafflement at like right. What the fuck? They made it. They made it twenty five years later <laughs> for no reason. And from what I understand, that is also the tone of response at the time. Everyone just like, why does why does this exist? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> what the fuck is uh, happening? Foxy Grandma, aka Aurora Borealis, asks, yeah. how do you feel like having to deal with ARG bullshit every episode? I would say that at least now the questions make sense, but Veer just blew that out of the water, so... Yeah, ah! we just had a lot about Digimon, so... Who knows? And finally, Veerler asks, how would you convert this movie into a Fire Emblem game? Like I said, it would be really easy. Like, like I said, two childhood friends who end up on opposite sides of a war... That's a really good Fire Emblem plot right there. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, that works. Yeah, like the Fox and the Hound, or they're like, or they're like nicknames, they're titles, right? And like, they they fight to the death over the over over a bridge, and it's like it's all dramatic and shit. Like it's it is not that hard. And then they get sued by Martin for copyright infringement. Well, there we go. I don't think there's anyone called the Fox. Oh, in, the Hound in though. Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, we like the the Hound of whatever. Um, who wouldn't just be called the Hound? 
But yeah, I would I would play that. Fuck it. That's 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 a wrap on questions. It was literally all Veer asking questions because everyone looked at this movie and said, "Nah, there ain't much going on in here. <laughs> ain't a lot of stuff to get questions out of. It's all pretty straightforward." So doesn't it's time for no, it doesn't. It's uh, time for plugs before I announce my pick. Uh, I'm oh, here. You can follow me on Twitter at Dragon Smoocher. You can find my various other projects in various other places, such as Radio Free Heidelin, the comprehensive Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast I do with my friend Jane at Heidelin Radio on Twitter, which I'm about to upload the next episode of right after this recording ends. Um, with her, I also did a show about She Raw 2018 called The Podcast of Power, that is at Podcast of Power on Twitter. And I'm on Prime Cuts, a non-linear history of the Transformers franchise on television. We just wrapped our season on Transformers Animated Season 1, and you'll have to listen to the latest episode to hear what our next season is. That's at Prime Cuts Pod. Fuck, I'm behind on podcasts. Right. You gotta fucking catch up. Uh, yeah. Um, Kat, you go. Uh, I'm Kat. You can find me on Twitter at Z-87. You can also find me with Steven uh, covering Kingdom Hearts, which I promise... We are getting... We'll get that recorded someday. I promise we're going to get to it. Uh, and obviously, duh, you can find me here with Nero and Steven. Hey. And then I am on Twitter at Marshmallow. It's spelled like Marshmallow, except that it has my name in it. There's also dad underscore tastic, where I'll get back to posting at some point. Uh, there's Disney Minus Pod, which is this one. I keep forgetting to save the Twitter for this one, but whatever. And then there's also Resi Beats Pod, where it's me and Veer and uh, Ben sometimes, and a couple other people that haven't been on this podcast, and we play interstitial, our hearts intertwined, and we're trying to force Kat to do it too at some point. So we'll see how that goes. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at DisneyMinusPod and hey. join our Discord. So, my pick. Oh, Halloween is over, and the holiday season isn't quite here yet, so I had to think about what I wanted to do. What oh, horror he had to think about what before they were going to inflict on us. You know, the only holiday coming up, basically the only positive thing about it is they eat a lot of food. Oh yeah, thanks, Kim. That was like what? Um, yeah. And so I decided to go with ratatouille. Oh, hey! okay. Movie about food. Fine. Simply because I kind of wanted to rewatch it. It's been a while. It has been a while. It makes me want to try making ratatouille. It's good. Yeah. I have, I've had, had it. Mom used to make a really good one. I've got cast iron and I've got a mandolin slicer with a handguard and cut proof glove. <laughs> oh. oh, mom said she specifically got one that had the cut proof glove because she's like, you are my daughter. Which yeah, is absolutely fair because the first time I was making it, I'm sitting there going, I'm slicing potatoes going shunk, shunk, shunk. I'm like, what was that? That was weird. I looked down and basically if I hadn't been wearing the cut proof glove, I would have taken off probably a few layers of skin from my finger. See? She knew. Yep, I, I texted her right after it happened. I said, so the uh, cut-proof glove works. Ask me how I know. <laughs> All right, Ratatouille, I'm down. Yeah, I'm Steven. So oh, Steven. until next time, when we learn all about French cuisine, remember, kids, and your friend goes off to military school and comes back, he might be a little different. <laughs> uh, be a when they come back. And as always, <laughs> fuck Disney. Fuck Disney. Uh, as, yes, as always, fuck Disney. I just realized our next movie also has a guy who gets paid. So, look forward what? to that. Oh, wait, yeah. That's yeah. true. Right. That's very true. 
Linguini and his hot goth GF. Cosette. Uh, mm. Kitchen mommy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to start a chart of some kind of all the Disney guys. Mm-hmm. Who get There's a lot more than you would think. Exactly. Right? So yeah, look all forward right. to that. We'll probably make that happen at some point. We'll, we'll do the science. We'll, we'll, we'll crunch the numbers. It'll be definitive. That's that's yep. the project of this uh, podcast now. <laughs> the definitive <laughs> list of Disney dudes who get pegged. Egg, egg <laughs> is over. It's time for the pegging. That, um, fuck it. I'm gonna go out on that. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Yeah. Bye, everyone. You gotta deal with that now. <laughs> <laughs>